Welcome to Living Social Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. I'm joined today by Zibam Benze, who together with his wife Shadi, serves on the leadership team of Common Ground Church Langa. In addition to being a church leader, Ziba is a loving husband and father who strives to model to his congregants, many of whom are teenage and single moms, what God's heart as a loving father is to all children. I'm joined today by Ngumisa Fagu, who provides capable operational support to Common Ground Church Langa. Ngumisa is also a mom, and this is likely what motivated her to participate in Common Goods training on book sharing, a World Health Organization endorsed program that teaches mothers how to bond with their children over a colorful storybook. Ngumisa returned with these skills into her community in Langa and taught mothers how to bond with their babies over book sharing. So thank you very much. I would, I would like to invite you just to introduce yourselves, share with us who you are. I've already said where you're from, but perhaps you can tell us your role within uh, the Langa Church. My name is Ziba. Uh, my surname is Mpense. Uh, I stay in Langa. Uh, I lead Langa Common Ground Church. I'm married. I've got one daughter. Hi, my name is Nomisa. My surname is Faku. I live in Langa and I fellowship at Common Ground Church Langa. Um, men ops lady, I always say I'm the heartbeat of the church. <laughs> thank you, thank you both. So I'll start with you, Putsiba. Um, how did your life change when you became a father? I think just speak to what the heart of God was telling you during that season. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, it was a long journey because of we had a child in our 10 years of marriage. So it was not an easy pregnant. Uh, before that, uh, there were instances that happened. Yeah, so for me, the, when my daughter was born in 2012, the passage that I was given is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, that do not provoke your kids to anger, you know, but uh, train them in the discipline and the instructions of the Lord. You know, so for me, I was given the role that I must not provoke her in terms of being an absent father, uh, prov- provide goods, and not and be absent, uh, to be too busy, uh, and not be there for her, yeah, not to nurture her, not to teach her the word of God, you know, but also train her up in a discipline and instruction of the Lord to be kind of, uh, not deposit education to her, but my presence, you know, and just be there for her, yeah. I think that's such a powerful one because Sarah spoke to us about a challenge that we know is quite common in our communities, which is fathers who are not in the picture. So what has been your role as a church leader, um, both to the young people within your congregation who might come in distress to say, I know that I have gone astray, but I also need the church to support me. How have you played that balance? Yeah, yeah we've had a challenge. 80% makeup of our congregation is single uh, parents, uh, women. Uh, so I like what was said that sometimes you can be charged, you know, and it's like it's a disorder of some sort, you know. Uh, so what we are trying, our approach is first to welcome them as they are and to tell them they're loved by God. Uh, so there's a lot of pastoral care other than judgment or disdain uh, or maybe uh, sort of condemn them, 
you know, so the, in their port of entry is just to welcome them and, uh, yeah, and love them and show them the love uh, that the outside doesn't show them. Thank you. And I know that when we spoke, you, you said that you also see your role as raising up the little children within the church who don't have a father to appreciate that God is their father um, and to really stand in that, in that gap. Um, can, you, can you just share with us the, the stewarding of the little people within your church that you do? Yeah, I think one thing that uh, we've got about, uh, in a good day, we have about 30 kids. The truth is that uh, maybe 22, 23 come from single parents uh, headed homes. And uh, I will play with them and just anchor the truth that God is the ultimate father. You know, he's ever present, ever loving, ever caring. Yeah, he's there for them. The society has failed them, these absent fathers uh, that are there, but God, they must look to God. Yeah. And for me as a, as a pastor to model, you know, a house to be a father to them. I like the picture of a, a shepherd carrying the sheep, you know, to carry them on the shoulder. Yeah. Thank you so much, Putsiba. So, Sister Mumi, you um, led a group within Langa, a group of um, mothers um, share with us uh, what it was that you were providing training on and share with us how they responded to the training on the book sharing. Well, at the first place, it was difficult for me to even explain to the parents what book sharing is because actually in our community, we're not, we're not used to even reading books or sharing books with our children. We as single parents, so we don't have that time to, to be with our children reading books and all that. So I had to convince the parents that I was with that this is good and this is actually going to create a great bond between the mother and the child. So as time went by, mothers actually thought this is really good and they enjoyed every moment of it. So I think for some of us here who may not know what book sharing is, <laughs> just share with us a little bit. What so is book sharing? So the first question that I asked um, is that um, what is book sharing? And um, people will be like, is reading a book to a child? And um, I, I made a joke of it. I said, I, I didn't say what is book reading. I said, what is book sharing? So it's actually um, sharing a book. Some of the books don't even have words. And it's whereby a child will have their thinking skills out of the pictures. Um, they will be able to tell stories out of the pictures that they see on the books without you as parent telling them what you think is happening on the book. So it actually increases um, the child's language skills and all that. It's, it's, it's very good than telling the child what it is. I like that. I like that. And I like the fact that I think particularly when you read in another language, for example, where there aren't that many books, the fact that you can use your imagination, the child can also mm. use their imagination. But I know that you are also a parent. How has your work influenced the way that you interact with your child? I, I actually worked with children almost all my life as an eldest at home, and I became an SED practitioner for years and a parent of course but then when I came when I came across book sharing things totally changed I thought um, my parenting wasn't good as it was supposed to be because there were new things that were introduced to me and 
new ways of talking to my child and new ways of listening to my child, knowing that she or he has feelings too. She or he is a human being that needs to voice out and to be heard. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to just um, take it back to Putziba. Um, I, you mentioned parenting in a way that is about investment of time. I come from an African home. I know that a lot of African men don't see themselves playing an active role in the, in the home. What is the encouragement that you would give, and I know that it cuts across cultures, but what is the encouragement you would give to fathers to play with their children, talk to their children, engage with their children in a much more proactive way, not just financing? Yeah. Uh, what I, I, I will say to my friends or neighbor who who's, is a guy is not uh, being involved in a child, that to tell them that uh, no one will actually model a relationship to that child than you as a father. You know, what you put in is what that child is going to put out there. You know, for them to be intentional about uh, what qualities or attributes they teach these children. You know, yeah. I think that's very valuable. So I think just as we wrap up then, let's reflect again. What I asked, um, I asked the parents who were here on the couch before, what is the advice they would give? I think as a church leader, what is the advice that you would give to other church leaders? What have you, how has your thinking changed over time about the importance of those first thousand days? Yeah. I think for me is to create a ministry, you know, not just treat it as to take the children seriously when they are about four or five, when they can start to talk or what, but just as far as uh, mommy is pregnant, to rally around mommy and support her, and the pastor to go and pray uh, with her. There was a lady who was pregnant, I went there to pray with her, and not married, and it was a shock to her that uh, in the township they referred to us as men of God. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that word, but that's how they, they will use, you know. Uh, men of God is here to pray with me, and I'm, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm not married. So it's to remove judgment. I will say to my brothers uh, who are pastors or sisters, just remove judgment and just uh, be like Christ, go to the Samaritan woman and just spend time with them, show love. Yeah. That's powerful. And Sister Nomi, what are your closing words? If you were to speak to other members of this audience today who are the heartbeats of their church, what are the ways they can become involved in nurturing those first thousand days? Yeah, I think the, the only thing that I would say is that um, it, is, it is a good space to be and to be involved in and um, to, just to, to love and care for the children and to, to build that relationship because book sharing apparently it built a, a good relationship between myself and even with the mothers that I was with. So um, it really helps to, to build relationships. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice, on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za, including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.